0: You're listening to the Casca Grossa Podcast Podcast. <laughs> place where we discuss and explore all things about brazilian jiu-jitsu mma self-defense and how jiu-jitsu can improve your life on and off the mats
1: this episode of the casca grossa podcast is brought to you by megami jiu-jitsu Gis. megami jiu-jitsu are dedicated to bring you the high quality gis that you love the japanese word megami m-e-g-a-m-i translate to goddess which is fitting for all jiu-jitsu girls because girls who train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu are pretty damn awesome. The Megami Gis are lightweight, super soft and fits well. Ladies, head over to MegamiJiuJitsu.com and check out these awesome geese. Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to episode number 29 of the Cachaca Grossa podcast. I hope you are doing well. Having that well-deserved break over Christmas and New Year. Spending the time with friends and loved ones. Doing what is important. My guest today, she's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. She's a Pan-Pacific Champion 2004. She's two times Australian Cup Champion 2005 and 2008. She's also the Rio de Janeiro State Champion 2008 as a purple belt. She came up in a second place on the IBJJF Melbourne International Champion in 2013 against Michelle Nicolini. This was the first female black belt fight in Australia. She's also the SJJIF Sports Jiu Jitsu International Federation World Champion 2016. She is the second Australian female to receive the black belt and the first Tasmanian woman to reach the black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu under the red belt Grandmaster Wilson Matos. Her BJJ lineage is Mitsuyo Maeda, Luiz França, Oswaldo Fada, and Wilson Pereira Matos. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Professora Esta Tavares. How are you, Esther? Welcome to the podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Merry Christmas to you and your family. How are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling great. Feeling very relaxed. We're here in Cairns at the moment, spending some time with our family. And yeah, it's been beautiful. Beautiful weather.
1: That's awesome. Just chilling
0: out and relaxing. So
1: That's great. Thank you very much for making the time to be on this podcast. I know you're a very busy mum. You have a lot going on in your plate. And I really appreciate your time.
0: Uh, it's a pleasure, thank you for having me.
1: So as to the question that I would like to start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and if you don't mind where you're from and how BJJ showed up in your life?
0: Okay, so I was born in Hobart and lived there most of my life. I actually started Jiu Jitsu because of my oldest brother, he had spent like some time in South Korea teaching English. And he'd actually come back with a, a black belt in Hapkido. And when he came home, he was all into that and he started, like, teaching me some stuff. And mm-hmm. then it wasn't long after he was home that he started coming home from, I think maybe he was at uni uni at the time, but he started right. coming home and he started asking me if I could, if he could try some moves on me because he'd started this new martial art called mm-hmm. BJJ.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh <laughs> Um, so, yeah, like he'd come home and he'd be like, oh, can I try this move on you? Can I do this? <laughs> and he'd just keep talking about it all the time as you do when you first, you know, get hooked. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he was always like, oh, you should actually, um, you should actually come to a class. Like, and he kept talking like there was this new um, brown belt, Brazilian brown belt that had <laughs> uh, moved to Tasmania and was teaching some classes, and he's like, oh, this guy's awesome. you know you should really come and so eventually, like um he dragged me along to one of it was like Minnow's classes in Hobart uh-huh. and i I remember the first class, like I would never forget the first class, yeah. and he taught I, I took one of my friends along actually, and um he taught us how to do an arm bar, and then he taught the arm bar defense as well, but I was just like oh, my goodness, this is amazing. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so from that first class, I was just like, oh, yeah, actually, jiu-jitsu is really great. And, yeah, I kind of got hooked along with my brother from then on. Yeah, that's how it started. And, yeah, it just kept going.
1: Ah, that's (laughs) great. Didn't stop. Yeah. How long was that ago, about 10 years? Well,
0: 2000. the end of 2003 is when I first started. Yes, that was a while ago, I think about
1: 16 years ago. 16 years ago, yeah. So I guess Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at the time in Tasmania wasn't, you know, was people didn't know much about you know, the Gentile Jiu-Jitsu and yeah. it was really great that you, you had that experience and you had the opportunity to start training.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, and because um, I think like we were very lucky then to have Minol come along who was yeah. such a high belt because he started when I first started, he was a brown belt, but then he, uh, I think he received his black belt in 2004, so not long after we started training. But, yeah, because it was so small, like I think there was maybe a few blue belts around teaching classes, mm-hmm. but to have an actual, you know, Brazilian black belt teaching classes was pretty, yeah, pretty special. So That's we're, right. we were lucky that, you know, because Tassie is so small, you know, what are the chances of having a high a high belt being in Tasmania to teach. So
1: I remember when I got here fifteen years ago, um, I think there was only two two or three gyms and it wasn't really like black belts and it was different type of jiu jitsu that people used to talk. You know, the time goes along, you, you start seeing the jiu jitsu growing everywhere pretty much everywhere in Australia now. So it's it's really good to see that.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Like if I went back to Tassie now, like yeah like I'm sure there's heaps of heaps of black belts now, but it's great to see the growth since since I first started
1: that's awesome as a busy b j j mum you know with three kids and many other things to take care of. how do you actually reconcile your normal day to day activities and your b j j training because we train as well myself patricia and and two other kids, and uh we know it's really challenging to manage all that you know Patricia sometimes you get really crazy so what, what's yeah. your what's your magic and what what do you do
0: um, that's a good question <laughs> sometimes is. you just you know it's you just run on nothing and it's like how it how am i surviving <laughs> but um, <laughs> i think like the key for us in our life like for me is just that routine and that like that consistency and going okay so and i guess it's a bit harder as well like with Minnow and I like because we teach, like we we yeah. run the gym, we run the classes. So um yeah, for us it's really important to have that routine. So like for me it's always been I've had my jujitsu night. So like Mondays I would teach the kids class and then I would spend an hour before the adult class training with minnow And then I would take the kids home and get them ready for bed while he was teaching his yep. class and <laughs> and then um yeah, so it was kind of like that, and then I, I've got my girls' night. I teach a ladies' class on the Thursday night, so um, that was always my night where I could escape <laughs> the kids. That's
1: your. <laughs> and <break. go> and- <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So um, and then like Saturdays is always our family jujitsu day. So would, the kids would come with us, and and I'd actually get to train in one of Minnow's classes. So. Yeah, it's all just that routine and the kids know, like, when Jiu-Jitsu night is. And so, yeah, and Minot, like, it wouldn't work as well if if Minot wasn't supportive and he gave, like, he gives me his time to train me with me. So, like, I'm lucky to have him to do that. So, yeah. Absolutely. So...
1: I had an opportunity to uh, to interview Minol on episode 25 and it was great. It was a great chat, talked about a lot of things and, yeah, it was really cool. So I think, um, like you said, the consistency is, is the key, isn't it, And having that routine of doing yeah, anything. Yeah, like
0: there will be, always be those days where, like, you've got a, a kid that's sick or, you know, like some, <laughs> someone's got a party on the Saturday. So, like, for me – It is hard because, like, because when running the club, like, I kind of have to go into mum mode more often than he (laughs) has to go into dad mode. (laughs) So I'll be the one that has to, like, look after the kids or or take them to places or whatever. But, yeah, it all works. Like I said, it wouldn't work if he didn't give me some time back and and give me some attention with my jiu-jitsu. So, yeah, it all works out.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. We know that BJJ is extremely effective form of real-world self-defense and also a fun way to de-stress. As a black belt, what are your thoughts on a BJJ self-defense for women and also give us some advice and recommendations for our listeners out there?
0: Definitely, like as a black belt having trained jiu-jitsu for so long, like it it does like it gives me confidence, you know, in myself in you know, if I'd ever go into a situation where I needed to use it as self-defence. But in saying that, I'm like, I would never... I, it's funny because, yeah, like, hmm. I've got these skills, but then I've never used them in a self-defence situation and I never would like to. Yep. But in saying that, it's like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what it would be like if, you know, someone tried to grab me or... Like, it's mm-hmm. interesting. But, yeah, definitely, I think for women i highly recommend it like if anything else like i said like it's it gives me confidence in myself and i think you know i've seen women who first started my my classes my female classes and the confidence that they've gained through training has been like it's incredible looking at when they first started to you know to now and the confidence that they've gained Absolutely. and um yeah so like definitely like i reckon like as a self-defense, definitely jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's all the situations that women might might find themselves in. That's- yeah, if anything else, like for your own confidence, like I would recommend jiu-jitsu, definitely.
1: It's a great fun, you know, jiu-jitsu and pretty much you work out all your body. Self-defense, like you said, you get more confident. You have ability to think clear, you know, in some difficult situations. So it's really good for your body, for your mind as well. Oh,
0: no, definitely, like you say, like, just that, um, just in those situations, like, I think jujitsu's taught me to keep calm, you know, like, when you've yeah. got someone, who you're rolling against a guy that's bigger than you, and you're on the bottom, and, <laughs> like, it's taught me, like, you know, I don't have to freak out, I just take my time, and, you know, find the little techniques to escape, and, yeah, no, it's definitely um, Yeah,
1: that's taught neat. self-control as well. It's all about uh, solving problems, you know, like if someone passed my guard, so I've got a problem in front of me that I have to solve, you know, and in the next minute, you're you're a mount or you're, you know, getting trapped on a triangle. So it's all, it makes you think every time in every move you do. And yeah. the self-defense the self aspect, I think it's, it's really important. Like you said, you build confidence. You know, I always, I always, when I have chat with people, I say, look, jiu was made for self-defense, like not self-offense. So it's, yeah. always, it's always good to have that mindset. But here in Australia, we're pretty lucky. We live in a, this beautiful country, you know, there's no, like the crime rate is really low. But um, yeah. But if you still needed to use it, you have the skills, you know, especially women and yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Esther, throughout the years of training, competing and, and teaching, in what way do you think jiu-jitsu has improved your life?
0: Probably the biggest way, I guess I could say, <laughs> it's given me family. So, you know, not just like I met my husband Mino through jiu-jitsu and now I've got 3 children and one on the way. Oh, so um, Congratulations.
1: <laughs> 4 yeah. kids. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so great. um building our little jiu-jitsu team. But, um so not just like my own family but I think it's it's the family that it gives me outside of like you know your blood relatives it, yeah. it's um I think through the years like you know people come and go but there's always that real sense of family within your club within our club that um like has really helped me especially like um I think in 2012 12 it was that we moved from Hobart to Melbourne and it was hard because like we moved to Melbourne and we didn't know anyone and yeah. I <laughs> like I've got family in Brisbane and Cairns and family in Tassie but nobody in Melbourne so like straight away when we started teaching jiu-jitsu like immediately you just get that sense of family with the people that come and train with you so um yeah that's that's probably a big point, and just the friendships. You know, you do make lasting friendships, and not just here with your own club, but with other clubs. And you know, we've had the, I've had the opportunity to travel. So,
1: yeah.
0: So um, going to when I first, oh, two thousand seven, I spent six months in Japan with Mino actually, and trained there and got to know a lot of cool people there. Oh,
1: that's great. And
0: then we. Been back to Brazil twice and, yeah, had the opportunity to train there as well. So, um yeah, and even, yeah, when we went to the U.S. in 2016, again, like, (laughs) you just meet people that are like family. Yeah. No matter where you go.
1: Pretty much. So when you go to places or to different gyms or different countries, you know, you you always have that jiu-jitsu family. People are cool. Hey, you train jiu-jitsu as well. We've come around, you know. You know, yeah. have a good session, have a chat, and yeah. before you know, they invite you to a barbecue or something. If there are Brazilians in there,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're the best barbecues, Brazilian barbecue.
1: Yeah. Oh nah. yeah,
0: and it's interesting because, like, no, you know, like you feel at home with these people. But you know, jiu jitsu brings so many different people together. Like they've got different interests, different backgrounds, but yet just that one thing in common. Just really. Yeah, it really unites people, doesn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I was, uh, I was talking to Patricia the other day, and then I said to her, look, what's the the likelihood that people in 10 kilometers from here, from the gym, they are training jiu-jitsu, you know, we've got all these people gathered here. And what's the likelihood that all the people are doing this the same thing, you know? Like, it's really amazing. So tell us a little bit about your competition. You, you compete in Brazil, you had a few titles in the Panpacs and... How did you feel at the time?
0: So I've always really enjoyed competing and yeah, like early on um, I competed at the Pampax and the Australia Cups. But like as I got higher belt, <laughs> it, it got like really hard to find people to compete with yeah. because when I actually got my black belt, I didn't realize at the time because social media wasn't you know huge then and you know, I was like, oh, so I wonder, like, what other black belts are in are in um, Australia? And Minow ended up, I think, talking to Peter DeBean, who had, um, yeah, and he said, well, there was no other black belts registered. So, yeah. and then I realised that I was the only female black belt <laughs> in Australia at the time. But, um, yeah, so, but as a high belt, you know, that that means that there's nobody to compete with unless, you know, you go to a lower belt. But, um yeah even like in I think it was Brazil, oh yeah, I competed as a purple belt, and it was a bit scary at the time because yeah. I knew like in Brazil, like <laughs> they train jujitsu, like they really train, yeah, and um so i was I was worried that like my level would be you know not be very good compared to to over there, but um, yeah, and no, I ended up winning that, and that was a really good feeling. And um, Master Wilson told me to, <laughs> yeah, he told me to give me my, my brown belt when I was on the podium. So yeah, that yeah. was a cool experience over there. But um, yeah, no, I I've, I've always enjoyed competing. Like it's like I said, it gets harder now, and especially when you've got kids. Like I think to put in the effort to really um, to, you know, if you want to do well and win these days, you've really got to put in a lot of effort and train. You know, completely for a competition, but um, yeah, no. In the past, it, it was fun <laughs> competing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with kids, it's a little bit more difficult, but you can you can still yeah. do it. But it, like you said, is a lot more effort that you have to do it, like like the mental preparation, physical preparation, yeah. technique, and all that. And we always have that self doubt. You know, like as a human beings, we always have that self doubt. You know, am I gonna do it well? Or am I training yep. consistently? Am am I doing the correct technique? So you always have that back of your mind. I think it's a great experience.
0: I think it was oh yeah when I um <laughs> when the competition with Michelle Michelle Nicolini came up because I was actually asked because I knew the the Melbourne International was coming up and I, I actually got a message from her and she's like oh what do you reckon we could do the first black belt fight in in Australia? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, and like at the time, um, my youngest Polly was—I think she was maybe she was eight months old or something like that. And I was, I was kind of like, oh, you know, I I haven't trained, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't like prepared to compete. But like it, at the end of the day, it was an amazing experience, and just to be able to compete against, um, yeah, someone of that that level and against another black belt. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool as well,
1: so. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The first, the first black female black belt, you know, fighting in Australia, that was, yeah. You made history, Esther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I always, you know, when I competed in, in the last Pempeg, I always got that feeling, you know, that adrenaline that really drained all my energy, you know, like was yeah, like a, uh, a week before, I think it was a week before I traveled to Melbourne. I was very anxious, you know, at nine, I used to wake up at nine and yeah having that feeling and how oh, i'm going to compete but it's it's really good experience i think everyone should at least compete once in, in yeah jiu-jitsu journey because
0: Defe- it's definitely
1: yeah it's really a learning process to deal with yeah. all those feelings or emotions and all that
0: yeah i was gonna say i don't miss that feeling like <laughs> but it's funny because when my son started competing, like he hasn't for a little while now, but he um, he competed a little bit when he was a bit younger, mm-hmm. and it's funny because I started getting those feelings when he was competing. Like I would be <laughs> like, started start to feel sick, and I'd be like, "Oh my goodness, this is as bad as like competing myself, it's so
1: bad." But it's, um, yeah, jiu jitsu parents they they are the worst. Like <laughs> you yeah. F- you feel like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: But even, but like you said, yeah, competition for jujitsu is important and think, like, I miss that at the moment because it does, like, it it shows you where you're at, like, Mm. what level when you're, because competing is so different to just rolling. So, yeah, it's nice to, to gauge where you're at in an actual competition under those conditions. But yeah, like Mino and I always recommend to to the students that, that start, yeah, compete. That's where you're going to learn a lot is when you're competing. Competition is really, like definitely important. And there's some people that definitely, you know, they want to train just to train. They don't want to compete. But for people that really want to be serious and improve, like Yeah, definitely. Jump into a competition. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm, Absolutely. You know, you mentioned that competition is very different from rolling and it is. You can see like people that train at the gym, you know, they do everything right. They kind of pretty much smash everyone. But sometimes when they go to to compete, sometimes they don't do well. It's all that, that emotions and the mental Um, ability to think clearly you know and try to do your your strategy and all that but it's it's hard you know sometimes you you train hard and you go to the yeah to the competition and you you don't perform well
0: yeah well my first um my first competition actually it's happened a a couple of times in competition like I would my very first competition I went in the my weight division and because I had no experience in competition you Mm -hmm. just get that adrenaline dump and then like you can't move so that yeah that first fight like I lost and then I fought the same girl in the the open in the final and then I beat her no problem because (laughs) like yeah I've been like okay all right first one's done like I feel good now (laughs) but yeah it's just that it's such a different experience and yeah learning to control just that mental side and and yeah all of that is crazy but yeah
1: Yeah. i guess the mental side is probably one of the the most important one isn't it because think i mean you can't think and don't let your feelings and your emotions get control of yourself like you said i think mino mentioned that as well the first fight is probably the hardest one because your body is still warming up once you go to the second you know you you know already what's going on and start thinking clearly so yeah it's really yeah
0: definitely (laughs) yeah
1: So Esther, tell us who was the most influential figure at the beginning of your BJJ journey. I think I kind of know the answer, but I want you to... <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I guess, well, there's two for me. Like, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't um, say my brother wasn't influential. Like, the fact that he got me to jiu-jitsu yeah. and, and he was just always really supportive, you know, like he'd always, would go to jiu-jitsu together and he was just great. And then, of course, Muminol was very influential. I guess just what he had to offer and, like, he made jiu-jitsu exciting. Like, I can't really compare it because I've not had any <laughs> other instructor. But, you know, like, um, yeah, he just made jiu-jitsu exciting. And because he was lighter as well, like, he was pretty skinny at the time. And I think he was, he was quite light. So, for me, like, having someone that was so good at jiu but so good to roll, so easy to roll with, like really, yeah, was really good for me and really inspired me and, yeah, he was, um, yeah, he's always, and he's still, he still is very influential. Like I still look at him and go, oh, I wish I was that good. <laughs>
1: Nah, he's a he's a great guy. I Haven't met him in person, but um, I was telling him next time I'm in Melbourne, I'll definitely go and visit you guys. You know, have a good train session and visit your gym. Yeah, definitely. Have a good time, that so. would be
0: great. Bring your family. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> I would love to have
1: you. That would be great. So tell us about your future plans, Esther, and also the equipe Master Wilson Jiu Jitsu in Australia.
0: One of my um interest actually I don't I don't know if I told you about this but <laughs> I started um I started my own jujitsu gi brand. Oh that's so awesome. um it's called Megami Jiu Jitsu. actually helped me come up with the name because um in Japanese like Megami means goddess so it's like jujitsu goddess. That's great. Yeah, like because I started um I put a little bit of effort into it. You know, it's just a small business and but then I started working again. I do relief teaching. So I started back um, last year. And so I I haven't put as much time into that business as I'd like to. But, um, yeah, like this year I'll be having a new baby and I'll, I think I'll be slowing down a little bit <laughs> with working. So, yeah, I want to put more, more effort into that and um, get that going a bit more. And obviously with... Our club, um, because I teach the women's and the kids' classes, like I would love to see that grow and especially like with the female classes, like you get a lot of women that come and mm. then stuff comes up and they disappear for a while. And But like we've got a good core group at the moment and um, one of my students just got her blue belt recently. Oh, great. So she's kind of inspired all the other <laughs> girls and I'm like, you know, like as – because I've been training for so long, I just want to see the same thing, like, for them. I would love to see them progress through their belts and eventually get their black belts. Absolutely. And, yeah, so, um, yeah, just to just to see them go through what I've been through would be wonderful. And the same with the kids, you know, seeing them develop and, and grow. Like, we've got some kids that started when they were, to, you know, like – they were pretty young and some of the, the, the girls are actually coming to my ladies' classes now because they're a bit mm-hmm. big for the, kids, the younger kids. So, yeah, that's really cool seeing them progress and, and to keep at it. So I think that's, that's some of the things that I'd like to see in the future.
1: That's awesome. Congratulations on your you know, your brand. Please share any other details if you want to, so we can promote that and help you out. I'll link everything in the description of this podcast so people can, can visit, can reach out to you. And um, yeah, it's it's great. So Esther, I read somewhere that you were at the championship i think it was a state championship in brazil and you had your little one and i think you were breastfeeding at the championship and then someone called your name said, asked it's time to fight and then you just gave your kid to someone <laughs> and then went to- yeah <laughs> can you share a little yeah bit that?
0: i think um i think that was that was in tassie actually i think that was the australia cup they had in tasmania that was just before we went to brazil yeah and um yeah minnow, little minnow minnow junior he was <laughs> um, i think he was like maybe six or seven months old and yeah i was I was competing. And yeah, I think I'd had one fight. I think that was the fir- one of the first ones that I lost. And I went and I had to breastfeed Minnow, and then they're like, "Oh, Esther, they're calling your name. They're calling your name." <laughs> and then I was, that's what I mean about family. Like, you know, yeah, I had everyone yeah. there. I was just like, "Here, take take my son." <laughs> so they took they took Minnow, and then I went off, and and I think that's yeah, that's the one I won after that. But yeah, like that's just what you do as a mum. Like, and I think that's, that's one thing as well that I've learned with jujitsu. Like if you, I think it's, it's how you, how you go about it as well. Like I say, routine is really important, but if you have in your head that you want to train and you want to compete, you can, like you can do anything. So yeah, I think that that's another lesson that I've learned over the years is that it's not just about jujitsu, but anything in life, you know, if you set your mind to
1: it, that you just do it. Absolutely. So, um... That was a great story there. <laughs> you know, I don't know how moms, they can do all that. Like, they can do multitask so so easy, you know, and Patricia does a hundred things at the time. I can only do one thing. I always tell her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always tell her, you know, my my, my process and my brain, I can't do all that. You know, you slow down. Yeah. You...
0: <laughs> yeah. But just as so long as, you know, you know it. Like, some guys are like, oh, you know... <laughs> You know, like I could do that, but, but just so long as you know that, yes, it's a very special attribute that women have so that they can do that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah, that's a, that was a great story.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like when I was talking about my brother, because I feel bad because he got me started with jiu-jitsu, <laughs> yeah. but um, I actually got my black belt before him. Oh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah cuz he moved to um he moved to Queensland and like so was training up there for, um but then I stayed and trained under Minnell. Yeah. So eventually, yeah, like I got promoted before he did. So that was kind of a funny experience. But I felt bad, you know, when I'd got my black belt and he was still on his brown belt. <laughs>
1: yeah. Jiu-jitsu, I trained. I I, I, train, I, start, I think I started training in 2004. But I, there was other priorities, you know, for me. So I had to finish my uni. Yeah. End of 2005, I came here to Australia studying english you know to study business as well and then yeah so jiu-jitsu was really very low priority for me and then yeah stopped for 60 years it's it's really hard like you said you know it you have to be very consistent in jiu-jitsu especially that, yeah
0: because yeah. that's it like when i i think i was a purple belt no yeah purple belt when i had my first son and it would have been easy for me to be like, oh, no, I'm a mother now. I've got to do all that. You know, like, but I was like, no, I love jiu-jitsu, so I, I kept going. And then I think I was a brown belt when I had my second, my daughter Estella. And, again, like, unless you kind of have it in your head, oh, I want to keep training, you know, you'll find excuses not to train or, you will you know, you'll you'll get too busy or whatever, but. If you prioritize and go, oh, yeah, I think for a while, like, you know, like, um, yeah, like I said, like Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays were my training nights and I stuck at them. And yeah, so I think for, especially for mothers or, you know, when you've got a family, it is hard to give yourself time to train. But
1: So Esther, tell us your experience training with Master Wilson Matush in Brazil and here in Australia as well. I think he he comes every year, doesn't he, uh, to do seminars and and all that?
0: Um, He's been here twice, I think, um, maybe every second year or third year. But, yeah, since we've been in Melbourne, he's been to um, Australia twice, which until you experience training under a grandmaster, like, yeah, I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of history or a lot of culture mm-hmm. that comes with that and a lot of, you know, just just the respect that you have, that I have for Master Wilson and, like, mm-hmm. it's just mind-blowing. Like, you know, I always say how I wish I could be more like Minol because of how much he knows and technique-wise, but then you meet Master Wilson and it's just like Minol times a million. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you just, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, so, um, and just, yeah, just all the history that he brings, like, through, you know, he started when he was five, I think, training jiu-jitsu, and he's, like, over 60-something now, so that's a lot of knowledge, yeah, and experience in those years, and so, like, I feel like it's such a privilege that I've had so many opportunities to train with him, And, and he's so great, like, he... I love it because he gives me a lot of attention when I train with him. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like know, not so much because he's got to like take care of everyone. But like Master Wilson's great. Like he he gives me a lot of attention and really um, helps me with technique. And yeah, it's it's been really special. And hopefully we'll have um, a lot more opportunities to um, train with him again. So.
1: Absolutely. yeah we'll have
0: to start start planning his next trip <laughs> yeah,
1: that's good that's good training with grandmasters masters and you know people that have really been training for you know 30 40 50 years it's yeah really, it's really different isn't it so they always have that little technique or their adjustment that you've never seen before or never heard about it so it's really it's really cool to get that technique that mindset not always techniques yeah. but mindset as well how you should train or how you should roll. Or what kind of technique should you execute better, or this way or that way? It, yeah, it, it, it's it's awesome.
0: And we're actually um joking the other night. We're talking to someone about this, but um, you know, you ask him a question, and then he'll he'll give you like a million answers. <laughs> you know, you can do this, or then you could do that, or yes. you could do this. You know, like yeah. so, it's just this, and uh, you know, never ending. Yeah. We were kind of we were joking because when he came to Australia and he was teaching classes, we'd have to stop him. We are like, you can't teach all of that because we're not <laughs> going to remember it. Like, just teach us a couple of things. Yeah. But he just was like, oh, you could do this and, and then put your hand here and do that. And it's just like, okay, stop, stop. <laughs>
1: Too yeah, much yeah. And information. I think I was talking to Minol and then he mentioned, you know, we have all these information out there in youtube everywhere you know you can see positions this and that you can't learn from videos you can learn a little bit but you can't really learn the yeah. the, the right technique so position like that and you know, they learn on youtube he has to actually correct a person you know he's going to have two tasks to do correct and make him unlearn you know to, to learn the actual the right technique the right adjustments so you don't have that person who knows exactly doing yeah. to to do that. So it's it's really amazing. Like we have all this technology, all these uh, videos everywhere, but sometimes yep. it's not the correct technique.
0: Yeah, it's no substitute for for actual actually being in the room with an instructor <laughs> who can can show you all the details and variations or explain things and why that works and and why yeah why this is is going on or. Yeah. And that's why like I think um like I feel really lucky that over the years like Mino, like he kind of evolves with jujitsu, you know, he's not one of these instru- instructor instructors that set in his way, like, yeah, he's all for for learning, yeah, but yet he sticks to the, the basic concepts. So yeah.
1: That's really good. That's it's really, really it's
0: really good having him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, because the basic works, right? So,
0: yeah. yeah. And just knowing, you know, like, yes, you can come to class and say, oh, you know, Mino, I I, I learned this off YouTube, and then he can explain it properly or show, you know, yeah, show the, the different ways or whatever. But oh, it definitely cool.
1: helps. That's cool. Thanks for being on the podcast. Really appreciate your time. It was a great chat. I had a great fun talking to you to know more about you, your BJJ journey and really appreciate it. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much for having me on your podcast and letting me share some of my journey with you. So thanks so much.
1: So guys, before you go, if you haven't yet, please, please follow us on one of the podcast platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. Us.